Welcome to the Free Retiree Show. My name is Lee Michael Murphy. I've been in wealth management for the last 10 years right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. People have always asked me, how do I achieve financial independence? And while the financial world wants you to believe it's as simple as investing your money, I'm here to tell you it's a small piece of the puzzle. I've seen four consistent factors in the people that have achieved financial independence. One, they excel in their career. Two, they manage their money properly. Three, they're able to avoid devastating financial mistakes. They can see through the BS. And lastly, they understand they need to learn from the best, the people that have achieved success in their career and their finances. Join us on our journey as we learn how to become free retirees. Welcome in to the Free Retiree Show. You're sitting down with wealth manager Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside my main man, career advisor extraordinaire, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Today, we got an awesome episode for you guys. Today, we are interviewing Justin Nguyen. Justin is what you would call a super cool influencer. He's on TikTok. He's got all the moves. Us old guys like Sergio and myself, we don't understand TikTok that much. I mean, Serge, he does this thing, you know, he does this kissy face and he strokes his neck. It's kind of weird. He's working on his TikTok game. So we're going to be able to ask Justin to pick his brain on that. But super stoked to have Justin on. He basically has a media career podcast and media company. And what they do is they give career-related content to Gen Z. They're reaching over 7 million students a month with their content. So Serge, you saw Justin, you're like, hey, we got to get this guy on. He knows his stuff. What's your take on Justin? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. I think the impact he's having on all these kids, I think there's a gap, right? A lot of kids just need access to take that next step and hit that next level. And I think what Justin and his team is doing is is helping kids who may not come from that background. They might not be at the Harvard. They may not have a trust fund. They're kind of needing those extra helping hand. And that's what he's doing. I love it. I love what he's doing. And I'm happy we got him on. Yeah, and I'm just stoked to have him on and pick his brain about this whole TikTok thing, man. Us old guys got to like get with the lingo. And Dude, I don't even have a TikTok. Kimberly you, but, does, but I don't have one. But you've been wanting to do that pouty face, you know, kissy duck face. face. The duck, duck face. face. That's what it was that you do so well. So we're going to ask Justin about that. But guys, this is going to be a great interview because he's also on a top 100 podcast and he's the founder and CEO of Get Cho Grind Up and he's doing great things. So this is going to be a fun one. We're going to go to a quick break. But before we do so, if you have career related questions, financial related questions, legal related questions, make sure you send them to ask at the freeretiree.com. When we're back, we're going to be sitting down with Justin Nguyen. Welcome back into the Free Retiree Show. We're sitting down with Justin Nguyen. Justin, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Feeling good. How about you? We are happy to have you, man. This is a luxury. Sergio and I have heard about these TikTok influencers, and not only are you very successful in your own right with your company, but you're a TikTok guy. We want to know, man, like, how's TikTok working out for you? you 180,000 followers. And trying to get to 1 million, right? 1 million by the summer? Yeah, that's the goal. One million by the summer. I mean, if we don't hit it, it's not the end of the world. But if we do hit it, it's the beginning of a whole new world. So it's a wild start when it comes to TikTok. But I personally hate the word influencer. I know people love to use that. But TikTok is changing the game when it comes to social media. You see it all the time. People blowing up overnight. It's different. And we can talk through the ins and outs of it if you want. But it's such a different world compared to other social medias. 
So how did you get into that platform? Were you always someone that was like, let me, Justin, you know, not to make you feel weird, but you got a handsome face, man. So I can see you taking the selfies, making the pictures in front of the mirror. What was it that got you into TikTok and taking videos? I mean, I was never really a social person, like social media person in high school, surprisingly enough. I think my social presence didn't really start to take place until I want to say sophomore year of college. And it was on, of all platforms, LinkedIn. The whole purpose of it was I'm coming from UCF, which isn't a target school. So if I wanted a career in finance, which was my degree, like if I wanted to work investment banking or big four consulting, whatever that was, I needed to build up a personal brand for myself to help myself stand out compared to all the other students. So I started creating content on LinkedIn to the point where now I get like 250,000 views every single month on LinkedIn, uh, which is wow. yeah, pretty wild on LinkedIn. That's allowed me to do some cool things on the side. And then I'd been paying attention to TikTok for about a year before we actually got started on it. I was just paying attention to the trends, what was popping, what was working, what wasn't working. How could I figure out how to tell career-related knowledge on a platform filled with mainly high schoolers at the time and a little bit of college students now because of how viral it's kind of gotten. I started to mess around with it in October. And since then, we've grown to 180K in about four months or so. So it's been quite a wild ride, as I keep saying. Wow. That's impressive. Give us like the elevator pitch of what you're doing all this for. I know you've got TikTok, you've got LinkedIn present, you got your podcast. What's, give us the elevator pitch. Definitely. I mean, so what we're looking to do with Get Your Grind Up and Declassified College is really build the modern day media company. And the best way to explain it is we're trying to create the BuzzFeed or Barstool Sports for career education. So the same way BuzzFeed made news cool and relevant to millennials, we want to do the same thing, but for career education with Gen Z. We're leveraging all the social media platforms right now. And also the second reason why we're building up a media company is because we never want to charge the students anything. So all the LinkedIn workshops, all of the resume workshops, all that sort of stuff, we want that always to be free because there's so much student debt out there. And that's yeah. why we're building up the media company so that companies that want to get in front of these students, we can charge them from a business model standpoint, like sponsorships, ads, and things of that nature. That's how we've been able to work around ever having to charge students for any of the services that we might provide. That's amazing. You mentioned student debt. You had a post on it like a week ago, and I was, I was on the fence about the post. I think you're leaning towards, we don't need to get rid of student debt. We just need to kind of educate them more to kind of prep them so they don't go into like hundred thousands of dollars of debt. What are your thoughts there? Yeah. So my thought around student debt has always been, if students were making money, then debt wouldn't be a problem. The problem then comes when you graduate with, let's just say 50K in debt, but you're only making 30K a year and you were never taught personal finances. So your expenses are 35K a year. You don't have the money to pay back your debt. And then that 50K now becomes 75K. Now it becomes 100K with interest, which you're not taught in school either. I think the post that you're talking about is relating to not to bring in politics, but like the whole student debt relief, 10 K or 50 K, so, yeah. whatever they're. Yeah. They're, Lee doesn't like us talking about politics on this show. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to dive into the politics of anything, but my whole thing has always been like, that's a bandaid. The actual solve of the problem is if you can educate students, how to find a 60 K job, a 70 K job out of college. I don't think they would mind spending an extra two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month on student loan debt. Of course, they're not going to like it, but at least they'll have the money to pay for it. Yeah, no, I feel it you on sense. that, Justin. Yeah, there's a gap there. I think education that's huge. The student loans are the devil, though. I mean, of course. I yeah. mean, that's like the main problem, right? And that's we got to get rid of them. 
I mean, that's my personal opinion. I've, we talked about this before. I think that you have all these people on these schools that are getting all these kids trapped into something they don't understand. And, you know, it can just ruin lives. I've seen so many friends get caught into that spiral. And it's like, not to get too off on a tangent, but like if the money wasn't so accessible, right? The college tuition rates would stay down. And I'm just- Oh, facts. Yeah, it's just I like, believe that. I mean, that's definitely the case. My thing is like, the example that I always bring up is one of my boys- we're always told growing up, go to college, you'll get a job, and you're supposed to just accept student loan debt. There's no work yeah. around that. You're just supposed to accept yeah. it. So I have a boy, he graduated with a sports management degree, because again, you're told follow your passion and he loves sports. No one ever tells you that sports is one of the hardest industries to get a job in, mm -hmm. right? Because there's only so many sports teams out there. And anyone who has ever played a sport in college or in high school is either ending up in one of two industries when they're in college. Sports management or physical therapy because they got injured. Those are like, <laughs> so, so you're competing true. with every sports person that's ever played a sport in high school. And no one tells you that. So he graduated and he went to school out of state because he wants to have the best four years of his life. He graduated with like 100, 110K of student debt. And yeah. paying a grand every month for the next 20, 30 years of his life. And he graduated making like 35, 40K in a high tax state of Connecticut. No yeah. one tells you all of these logistics, all of these things when you're in college. And what I want declassified college to be is like, hey, student debt, you can't fix student debt. You're not going to be able to do that on your own. What you can do as a person is figure out a way to earn more to at least be able to pay back that student debt. That's sort of my thing with that post is, look, student debt, that's out of your hands. Whether that gets fixed or not, you can't really do much about that. What you can do is figure out and finesse the system to be able, instead of making 40K out of college, making 60, 70, 80, 90K possibly, depending on your industry. That's sort of where my perspective I on like that, that was. Yeah, no, yeah I like that. Beat, beat the system. That's good. So you have a great experience with people that are coming out of college, Gen Z particularly. How do you think Gen Z and what they want coming out of college is different than the past generations? I think millennials... Again, I hate grouping people in like these mm -hmm. groups, but that's no, just what pe people love doing this too. So I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I always have that conversation. <laughs> let's, just general, let's just make some generalities about massive amounts of people. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely done it on some of my LinkedIn posts. I talked about boomers the other day just to rile up some people. But when it comes to millennials, I think the general consensus was go to college, find your passion. And they truly believe that. And that's why there's a lot of student debt, right? You're getting a lot of these students that are going to like <laughs> right. liberal wait, schools. Wait, 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 we're, we're millennials, right? We are. We're okay, old, we we're old ass millennials, but we're still millennials. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Just want to it's like me. I'm the, I'm the old Gen Z. I'm like the first year of Gen Z, right? So I'm you guys, but of Gen Z. I feel like with Gen Z, because of the, some of the things that we grew up with, whether it's 08, 09, like even if we were really young, we kind of understand the financial side of things. And then now graduating with a pandemic, I think money is really top of mind for a lot of Gen Z students. Yes, a bunch will still end up with student debt, but I think we're a little smarter in terms of maybe not going directly into grad school if we can't find a job because there's so much information out there. When you're a millennial and you're just graduating and the internet is just getting started, you don't have TikTok to populate you with content like ours, mm -hmm. but because Gen Z is here and the internet is more developed, we have more access to knowledge and that allows us to know different paths that are out there. I love that. I think if you're in college and are thinking about going to college, there's so many resources to avoid student debt. We barely had the internet coming up. 
I feel like now you don't have to go to that private four-year school, take ownership or try to beat the system. Because for me, there's so many resources out there, dude. I know it's a game, it's a shady game of student loans, but like take advantage of the resources that you have at your hands, like the internet. I think people can avoid more than what they're doing right now. Yeah. Just quickly to that point, I'm not sure where you guys are based or not, but like- We're in the Bay Area. So you guys are in the Bay Area, right? California. That's the dream state to go to school in for a lot of students. California, New York, Boston. Those are sort of the three main areas. One of the biggest schools in Cali and the most in demand is UCLA. Every student wants to go to UCLA. Yes. A, it's very hard to go into UCLA like directly in their your freshman year. B, it's very expensive, especially if you're coming from out of state. What most people don't know is if you want to save money and find an easier path into UCLA, is just take your first two years at a community college, transfer in, and you're much more likely to get into the school. And you're saving tens of thousands so of dollars much money. So much money. on useless sort of gen ed classes that you can take anywhere. It's going to be pretty much very similar. Most people don't realize that, or they're under the stereotype that community college is worthless. There's like a stigma, right? Is that stigma still a thing? I know when I was coming up, it was a stigma. Oh, you have to go to JC. Definitely is. I mean, I remember in high school, me personally, when people said that they were going to community college, I definitely thought that they were lesser than me. When now I look at people going to community college, I'm like, you're smart. You're way smarter than the person that's going to a four-year liberal arts school and trying to find themselves. What I always tell people, because the argument is like, but you'll miss the experience of going to a four-year if you go to a two-year. Just go to a community college and then go and room with your boys on the weekends. You can still go to the parties if the partying is your thing. You can still get that experience of dorming and living alone. Just go sleep at your boy's house for two, three days out of the week. You're saving 10, 15 grand a year because you don't have to pay room and board and you get the same experience. And then if you really like the school, just transfer after two years. It's the same thing. But again, high school doesn't teach you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, how do we close that gap? Because I myself, I've got a couple of kids and I'm thinking now's the time to start teaching them about that stuff. I don't want them to be in debt. I know that's what you're trying to do is kind of close that gap. I'm just wondering like at a bigger scale, there's such a massive opportunity here. So I think what you're doing is amazing. And I think the scale of the impact you can have could be ridiculous if you can close that gap. I appreciate that. Like the best way that I explain it is the same way Bill Nye made science cool for his kids in school. I want to do the same thing for career education. The same way that personal finances is really popping off on YouTube now, because people like Graham Stephan have found a way to make personal finances cool. That's what I want to do on YouTube with career education as well. No one is doing it with career education because if you look at any YouTube video about resumes, LinkedIn, whatever it is, it's usually an older person kind of yelling at you to do something. It's like, hey, you need to work on your headline. Hey, your resume needs to say X, Y, Z. Hey, your resume needs to beat the ATS system. There's no one coming at you from a point of, what's the word that I'm looking for? They're not relating. Like, I think you're relatable. But also with our content, I'm not the main character. If you look at our podcast, we've structured it in a way where I am the voiceover. I guess I'm the Morgan Freeman connecting bits and pieces of our (laughs) podcast together. But we try to always incorporate three to five different perspectives in each episode, whether that's students or professionals. The reason that we also do that is when you look at it from like a career coach's perspective, my thought has always been the main reason that career coaches in a lot of colleges end up not doing very well is because they don't have to find a job for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And especially in the world of technology, the way that the career path is sort of changing very quickly, 
a lot of their content and their knowledge becomes relevant very quickly. So the reason I'm not the main character is because I want our content to feel like it's being crowdsourced by other people who are finding jobs right now. So you're hearing the advice of how to structure your resume from a student who just got an interview with Google. You're hearing how to do your LinkedIn from a student who just got a job through LinkedIn. Yeah. You're not hearing about someone who hasn't had to find a job for 10, 20 years. Yeah, I yeah. love that. It's relevant and it's timely. That's amazing. So I know I just went on a little rant, but no, that's, no, no, that's, that's good. That's <laughs> all good. It's facts. A hundred percent. For the new person that's getting out into the working world, maybe they just graduated college or maybe they're in their first five years of their career and they're still just trying to figure it out. As you know, there's a lot of people that are struggling right now because of COVID, especially new grads. We did an episode not too long ago with some wonderful new grads, amazingly talented, and they were struggling and they had amazing experience. In a normal situation, they would have got a job at any of the big tech firms right away, but it was a struggle for them. So what do you think it's important for the new grads to do now, right now today, or people entering that job market? Like, what do they need to do differently than that people maybe did in past years? You have to do two things. Number one is you have to understand your story. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in depth in a little bit. The number two thing that you have to do is you have to be able to show that you can actually do something. What that means is if you look at college right now, any student, whether they're graduating, a junior, sophomore, whatever it is, everyone's graduating from university X. Everyone has GPA Y. Everyone has internship at Z. There's very little differences between all of those different caveats. Yes, there might be a huge difference between a Harvard versus a community college, but it's very nominal for the most part in terms of what's on your degree. If you, Lee, or if you, Sergio, are hiring someone, the number one thing that you probably are looking for, especially coming out of college, because you can't really rate a degree because you don't necessarily know what was taught at that school, is, is that person a good fit for your team? Can you see yourself working 40 to 60 hours with that person? You can teach them how to manipulate Microsoft Excel. You can teach them how to answer an email correctly. That stuff is nominal. You can't teach personality. You can't teach story. So that's why I say the first thing that you need to understand is your story. Because if you're able to connect bits and pieces of your story back to Lee while you're interviewing me, you're like, oh, this person's a dope guy who can talk to me about soccer and can connect with me about high school soccer. And, oh, he knows how to code? Cool. Let me hire him for Google. That's a plus. And then when it comes to building up a portfolio, I just talked to a friend. We actually had him come and talk to some of the interns on our team. He never graduated college, but he started up his own agency, grew it up to a million dollar company. And even though he had to shut it down because of COVID, he now has a job at 27, pretty much managing the personal brand of one of the biggest influencers in the business world right now. It's not because he has a degree. It's not because, I mean, he pretty much failed out of college as well. The reason he got it is because he had a portfolio to actually show that he could do something mm -hmm. from a hiring standpoint, right? Are you going to hire the student with a marketing degree? Or are you going to hire the student that was able to grow their email list from zero to 30K? Probably going to take the person that can grow the email list because you know exactly what that person can do. Yeah, makes That's sense. what students are missing. Yeah. And school doesn't teach you that. Even though you do do project in school, they never show you how to showcase those projects on your resume. And that's a huge problem. Yeah, that's amazing, man, because you're right. The story is what stands out. That's what builds the connection. But let me throw this at you. What if someone's struggling and says, like, I don't think I have an interesting story. Maybe they don't have a story at all. The story is college, maybe a couple jobs that maybe they feel like aren't that great. What can someone do to build a story if they feel like maybe they don't have a story? There's always a story to be told. 
Disney made a short. I remember watching it about Bun Bao, which is like a Vietnamese. Oh, I love that! Right? Oh, I love that! So good. Right? So it's it's amazing. Of course, but they love that, Lee. It's <laughs> <laughs> my Asian. So was he right eating? There. He was eating. Uh, it was a great short, though. Go ahead. Yeah, it was literally a short about bun bao, which is kind of like a dumpling bread roll that for people that don't know what that is with meat inside. If I told you that I worked at Universal Studios when I was in college, you're just going to take that at face value. But if I tell you that while I was working at Universal Studios, I worked as a cashier at the hotel and every single time during the winter, they would always have business meetings and conferences at the event. So what I would do is I would network with all of those individuals. And that's how I learned about EY. And that's why I want to apply to your company. That's storytelling. In connection, it's being human. That's the skill that they don't teach you in college. But if you look at the people that you want to communicate with the most, they find ways to connect with you for no reason. That's the people that you want to work with because you're probably with that person more than your wife or your husband. That's a good call. You mentioned the Vietnamese food. So talk to us a little bit about your upbringing. I know you come from Vietnamese refugees, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Would love just to kind of take us back to there. And how did that influence your journey? Tell us a little bit about that. Definitely. So growing up very traditional Vietnamese, like, hey, you need to go to college. You need to become a doctor, an engineer, (laughs) one of the above. Anything else? The stereotype uh, is true. (laughs) Yep, yep. Anything else, you're a failure, um, basically. And when I was in high school, I had a very, thank God to my parents, very comfortable upbringing. Played sports my whole life, played soccer. They brought me to every game. They pretty much allowed me to live the life that they wish that they had. That made me very lazy in high school, just being completely honest with you. I was very skilled on the field. I just never ran anywhere. And I would always be known as the lazy kid. It all <laughs> it sort sounds of like ch- Lee in high school. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it all sort of changed so true, though. <laughs> my sophomore year of college where my grandparents, they had, I think it was like their 65th birthday or something like that. And in very Asian culture stereotype, they made my aunt create a PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) So my aunt creates this PowerPoint presentation. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Never seen a presentation at a birthday party, but we move. She starts talking about their journey to the US. And I'd never heard this story before because for a lot of refugee parents, they don't like to talk about it. So this is the first time that I'm hearing that the family got split up into two. My grandfather got thrown into jail twice before finding a way over. They came over to the US two years apart the two sides of the family, and then somehow found a way to find each other, even without technology. Going from zero, my grandfather, without knowing English, graduated college in two years. And now that whole side of the family is very successful for the most part in terms of their careers and stuff. When I heard that my grandfather graduated college in two years without knowing English with an engineering degree, and his name is on several patents for like some of the first computer fans out there. I'm like, what the heck am I complaining about? I'm going to college. It's pretty easy stuff. I'm just not studying. Like, that's why I'm not getting a 4.0. I need to, this is where sort of the saying comes from, get your grind up and work hard because all the sacrifice that my grandparents and my parents made, that's sort of what really switched up for me was when I understood my parents' sacrifice. And of course, not every person out there has a parent story similar to that, but that was what was motivating for me. It was like, look, I've gotten pretty much everything handed to me. I need to work my butt off to kind of use this to my own advantage, essentially. That's a great story. Your grandpa sounds like an amazing man. He's dope. Jail twice. 
multiple patents. He sounds like a G. He has <laughs> tutored so many of me and my little cousins when it comes to physics. It is hilarious. We still call him up for physics help whenever there's homework. <laughs> Wait, so he's got patents on the original fans in a computer? Yeah, my aunt pulled it up. His name is literally on some of the patents for not the computer, but the computer fan. So what cooled down the computers. Impressive. Yeah, this is wild. So Justin, I want to take a little pivot here. Everyone wants to know the TikTok, man. Like I said, you got some old dudes right here. We're trying to work on our TikTok game. Maybe it's too late for us, but like, I mean, you have any tips for the people that maybe want to put their business on TikTok or get on TikTok and build their brand? Where do you start? To me, because I'm looking at that from the outside, I'm like, man, that's, that just seems like a tall order for someone that feels like I could break a camera screen in my face. So what would you recommend? TikTok is definitely an animal in and of itself. But the unique thing about TikTok is the way it's structured. So to understand how to perform well on TikTok, you have to understand why it's different from other platforms. For instance, with Instagram, when you're scrolling down your feed, you're only seeing stuff that you follow for the most part, like 95% of the time, unless it's an ad. That allows you to be in sort of this echo chamber of you and whoever you follow. So if you only follow fitness people, you only see fitness stuff. If you only follow sports people, you only see sports stuff. With TikTok, there's two feeds. There is the for you page, and then there is the following page. With Instagram, you're defaulted onto your following page. You only see stuff from whoever you're following. With TikTok, you're defaulted onto the for you page, which is like the Instagram discover page. Mm -hmm. So as you're scrolling on TikTok, you'll get fed random pieces of video. So let's just say you follow all sports people. For the majority, you'll get fed sports stuff, but then they'll randomly throw in a cooking video. If you watch that cooking video all the way to the end, or like you like it and engage with it, mm -hmm. TikTok will then start serving you a little bit more cooking videos to see if you continue to engage in it. If you do, then your feed will just be all cooking stuff, even if you only follow sports stuff. That's very dumbed down, but basically there are different silos of TikTok where there's like cooking TikTok, there's anime TikTok, there's sports TikTok, there's basketball TikTok, there's where we are, we're on sort of college tip internship TikTok. The reason that I think we've popped off on TikTok is because no one really goes out of their way to look up career stuff. Let's be honest, right? Very rarely, unless you're looking for a job, you ever look up a resume, but it's always in the back of your head. Because TikTok shoots our content out to random people, and because that thought is always in the back of their head of like, oh, I've always wondered how to actually do my resume. When our video pops up on your feed, it intrigues that little 1% of your brain and you watch it. And if you watch it all the way, then you'll start seeing more of our content and you inadvertently follow us, even if you don't follow us. So that's why TikTok is so unique is because you don't actually have to be following people to see their content. And that's completely different than any other social media before. So you think it's much better than YouTube? I think YouTube is one of the main reasons why that they have been so successful is because of their suggested feed. Okay. So it's basically the suggested feed on steroids. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. That's interesting. And do you think TikTok is good for the everyday person to put their own content? Let's just say for career focus or business, do you think it is important for people to build up their content on TikTok? If you're generally trying to figure it out, yes. I think the misconception with a lot of people with TikTok is they see all these kids going viral for like stupid mm -hmm. things like dancing and stuff. <laughs> and they're like, oh, if I just provide a little bit of value, our content is going to pop off, right? That's just not the case. 
Can you pop off on TikTok by providing value? A hundred percent. There are a ton of B2B pages on the platform. The thing is they understand the algorithm and they understand the value of conversions and everything like that. With TikTok though, there are so many examples of direct to consumer products that have done so well. So if you are D2C, it could be a huge platform for you. Like there was a peanut butter company that got on the TikTok wave way before it got mainstream. And I think they grew from $5,000 in sales or something like really low to over 400 grand a month in sales, just from leveraging TikTok influencers. Wow. Because the thing is, let's say Instagram, it's relatively predictable, right? If you have someone with a thousand followers, you can probably guess that they're going to get 20 to 200 likes per post, depending on their engagement. With TikTok, you can give someone random a free product. And if you know what that creative needs to be for that video to go viral, that video can go viral. So you can pay that person with 10 followers, five bucks, or just give them the product for free and say, Hey, make a video doing X, Y, Z like this. And you send it to a hundred people and maybe 10 of them go viral. You've made your money back a hundredfold because you can go viral from the instant on TikTok, unlike any other platform. Yeah. It's an interesting world. Cause I think a lot of people just think it's like dumb dances and stuff, but like the investing is getting crazy on there too. Right now, the whole Reddit thing popped off. There's the DIY, like do it yourself. My wife's doing like the home remodel stuff on TikTok all day long. I'm like what, the, what is happening again? It's like the YouTube feed on steroids. You don't even have to search something like with YouTube, right? You have to search at least one time before you can go down that rabbit hole. With TikTok, you'll just be scrolling. And then the other day, I remember a video popping up of facts about penguins that get worse as the video goes on. I would never look up penguin facts in the world, like ever, but I stayed and watched that video. And then throughout scrolling for the rest of the night, I got served three or four more penguin videos. That's the power of TikTok. That is very powerful. And I think specific for what you're doing, you're reaching your target audience. They're on TikTok, exactly. right? They're not on Facebook with me and Lee. The old exactly. people. <laughs> So it's genius to master that platform because I know that's the demographic. Is there a certain strategy when you make a video? I mean, just there's a lot of people that aren't on TikTok. There are a lot of people that are curious about it, never put a video on it. And we're just trying to like give people some insight into like what they need to do if they are interested. I mean, I'll give you the quick breakdown. So virality on TikTok pretty much depends on two things for the most part, two or three things. The number one thing that trumps anything else is watch time. You're not allowed to say that word on this podcast. Nope. Sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're not political, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. It beats, it, this one thing beats all categories, which is watch time. And what watch time just means is exactly what it says. If you can get someone to watch your video all the way to the end, TikTok is going to push it out. And the reason for that is because if you can get someone to watch it all the way to the end, they spend more time on TikTok. So they get served up more ads. TikTok makes more money. The problem with that is, with TikTok, you can make videos from zero to 60 seconds. And depending on how long your video is, the percentage of watch time needed sort of changes. If you're under 15 seconds for a video, you need close to 100%, if not more watch time for that to go viral. And viral is like a million plus, so to say, let's just call it that. If your video is 30 seconds long, if you can get 70 to 80% of that video consumed, you're in good shape. If you have a 60 second long video, if you can get 60%, you're in really good shape. So that's the most important factor that you need to understand. And then that's where sort of storytelling comes into play yes. of like needing attention retention throughout the video and all that stuff that kind of comes into play there. 
that's the main thing is watch time. You need to figure out how to optimize that. So you need to make it super engaging. Yeah. That's why I served you that patty, sexy kiss. Uh, this, duck is lips you do. this is the third time you've mentioned that on the show. Right? I think, <laughs> I think it's a great idea. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you clearly know the math and the algorithm and you know that really well. And I think that's the other piece. A lot of people are just like, oh, I'm going to post a video. It's going to go viral. But you know what you're doing. It's clear. This is almost math. I mean, it took like a year of studying the platform, of understanding and then learning and talking to people who have been involved on the platform. And the other thing too, is I can tell you all the tips and tricks, right? Of how to optimize things, blah, 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 blah. But if your content isn't good, you're never going to reach that specific amount of watch time. Like no one's going to watch it. And that's what people forget. All because you understand how the algorithm works. It doesn't mean you can put out a bad piece of content and it's going to go gotcha. viral. So it's like understanding and also creating amazing content. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely yeah. people who get lucky, like 420 dog face, 69, 69. I think that was, <laughs> have you guys heard this story? No, no, no. no. no? Okay. So there's this guy that's literally his at name. If you look up like 420 dog face, 69, 69, it's like a guy with like face tattoos and everything like that. He posted up a video. I think his car broke down on the highway in Cali or something. And he pulls out his longboard and for some reason has some ocean spray cranberry juice. Oh, that dude. Yeah. 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 So he's just drinking, he's just drinking ocean spray while driving down the highway. And it's like vibes. And for some reason, Gen Z loves vibes. So like vibes, we're going to keep watching this thing. And it got like tens of millions of views. Ocean spray gave him a free car. It changed his whole life. He became an influencer off of this one video. People try to replicate that. You can't. That's the exception. That's not the rule. And people don't understand that. All because you take a video of you strolling down the road with ocean spray doesn't mean you're going to go viral. Yeah, that guy was amazing. He's got commercials now and everything. I was surprised no one picked him up for a Super Bowl commercial, to be honest. <laughs> right? I'm very surprised. Especially, yeah, right now. Hey, before we let you go, I've heard you play a little FIFA. <laughs> I've been playing FIFA for like 20-some years. We need a game. Don't, don't play him. Don't play him, Justin. What, what, he's a hustler. Should we... He's, we he's a hustler. Don't do it. He used to beat no, me I think my entire really childhood. He's, he's about to play in a tournament. Games. He must be really good. <laughs> are you ultimate team player or are you head-to-head? -head? I'm head-to-head, -head, so I'm in Division One online. I'm not in the ultimate team, though. So funny story about ultimate team, quickly. Ultimate team is why I got into finance. My freshman year of college, I was an athletic training major, pursuing the Asian stereotypical path of becoming a doctor. And I was supposed to combine my passion for sports. My roommate was a business major and he was just finishing his homework way too quickly. And we both played FIFA. I would always sit there and I would trade and I traded to like a million coins in like two or three months from like zero. And he was like, dude, what the heck? Why don't you do this in real life? We'll both become rich. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, dude, this is just like the stock market. I was like, what's the stock market? And that's when I started doing research, the stock market got me into business, got me into entrepreneurship. And that's what sort of led me to this. But yeah, that's just sort of like a tangent of like how video games can teach you relevant skills. Yeah. So parents, let your kids play video games. <laughs> Moral of the story. So Justin, if people want to find out more about your podcast and your company, where can they find that at? Yeah. If you want to learn more about Get Your Grind Up, definitely check out www.getchogrindup.com. That's G-E-T-C-H-O-G-R-I-N-D-U-P. And then if you want to learn more about the podcast, we're on pretty much all podcasting platforms, just at Declassified College Podcast. Yeah, it's been a wild ride, but it's been a lot of fun and impacting a lot of students, which is ultimately the goal. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining our show, man. You're doing some great stuff. I love that you're helping out everyone that's trying to make their best life happen right out of college. For your listeners, if you know someone that is trying to get the right track 
on their career. Make sure you check out Justin and check out his podcast. He's got a lot of great stuff coming out. So, hey, thank you so much, man, for coming on. We hope to have you again. And if we need some tips on some TikTok, you're the guy we're going to go to. Serge is up next. He's the next one going famous with his pouty face. Right? He's going right. to do it. That's He's got right. those lips. Face. I yeah. got it. <laughs> um, shut up, please. All right. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax investment or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party sourced information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc., The opinions of attorney Matt McGorry do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.